Akutah Sikha is Chelek Chafalef, Parsha B'Shalach Sikha Gimel, a summary of the Sikha. At the end of this week's Parsha, it talks about the war of Amalek. So Rashi quotes there, tell, uh, the Pasuk tells the story that Moshe Rabbeinu went up on the mountain and he was holding his hands up in prayer. For Yedei Moshe Kvedim, and the hands of Moshe were heavy. He had difficulty keeping them up. So therefore, Aaron and Chor supported his hands. So he explains what he quotes the words, and the hands of Moshe were heavy because he was neglectful in this mitzvah and he appointed somebody else instead of him. He sent Yeshua to wage the war, therefore, his hands were heavy. Simply, what Rashi is saying is one could think from the way the Torah says it that Moshe Rabbeinu, because of his age, his hands were heavy, he had difficulty keeping his hands in the air. So, Moshe Rabbeinu says, the Rashi says no. This was a special thing that happened now because of the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu chose somebody else to do it rather than himself. So for this time it was heavy. But we have to understand because Rashi and Shmois where it talks about that when Moshe Rabbeinu was traveling with his family from Midian to Mitzrayim when Hashem told him to go to Mitzrayim. So they were sleeping over somewhere and he was uh, uh, something came and was trying to kill him and Rashi explains he was trying to kill Moshe. Why? Because he didn't give a bris to his son Eliezer. And because he was uh, procrastinated in doing the bris, therefore he was punished that with death. You know, almost had to be killed. But then he says, Rabbi Yossi said, Chasr to say that Moshe Rabbeinu was uh, neglectful. Rather, what happened is, he had a, a calculation. If he gives Eliezer a brist, then he won't be able to travel because it's dangerous for the child. And Hashem told me to go immediately, so he went immediately without doing a brist. So there Rashi says, how could you say that Moshe Rabbeinu was uh, neglectful? And he has to find another interpretation, another explanation for it. But over here, he doesn't need, find the need to explain Moshe Rabbeinu's delay, not delay, over here was appointing somebody else. He just takes it, yeah, Moshe Rabbeinu was neglectful. Another thing that we have to understand, according to the first pshat, which means that Moshe Rabbeinu was neglectful over there. He procrastinated with the bris. So he already knew what the consequences of that were. So Moshe Rabbeinu is going to make the same mistake again? He would again be neglectful of the mitzvah? Another question. In the Medrash it says that the reason that Moshe Rabbeinu's hands were heavy was because of the Jewish people's sins. Because they, they declared right before the, the Muhammad with Amalek, they said, is Hashem amongst us? So because of that, that lack of faith, that's why Moshe Rabbeinu's hands grew heavy. So why doesn't Rashi use that as the reason that Moshe Rabbeinu's hands grew heavy? In fact, Rashi already mentioned this idea because he explains that as the reason why the entire war of Amalek was able to happen, because the Yidin said, is Hashem amongst us? Hashem said, I'll show you if I'm amongst you. The minute I step back, you'll be attacked. So we are, we're familiar with this idea already, so why doesn't Rashi use that? That explanation, at least as a secondary explanation, he doesn't even bring it up as a secondary explanation. In fact, the question is even greater. Later in Parsha Pinchas, where Moshe Rabbeinu was, uh, was pleading with Hashem that he should appoint a new leader for the Jewish people after he passes away. So he said, Hashem should 
appoint a person, a leader for the people that will go out before them. And Rashi explains, what does he mean go out before them? Not like the non-Jewish leaders, who they send their people into war, but they sit back comfortably at home. I, our, our leaders need to go out in front of the people to war, like I did, said Moshe Rabbeinu. I went out by Sichem uh, Oig and I went to war against them myself. Moshe Rabbeinu was himself the one that killed Sichem and Oig. In other words, he was saying, that's the kind of leader that we need. So in other words, Moshe Rabbeinu knew, he, of course he understands that a leader by the Jewish people leads the war himself. He doesn't send somebody else instead. And in fact, he did so himself. And when did he do that? At the end of the 40 years. That was Sichem was at the end of the 40 years when Moshe Rabbeinu was close to 120 years. And now when he's only 80, which is at the beginning, right after he sees Mitzrayim, here he sent somebody else. So to explain all of this, we have to see, focus on the Rashi, the way Rashi words it over here. He changes it from the way he says it in Shmois. Over there he says, Shenis Rashil, which means he was uh, procrastinated. Here he says, Shenis Atzil, which means like lazy and neglectful. Why the change in the words? And another change is, there he simply says he was procrastinated. Here he says, he was neglectful of the mitzvah. Why does he add that and leave it out over there? There's a change. What's the meaning of this change? So the difference between ne- uh, procrastination and neglectful is that procrastination talks about a general attitude to things. A person that's laid back, that's his general attitude towards stuff. Um, neglectful means in a particular s- situation. In this particular situation get up I, I didn't get up I got up late it doesn't talk about a person's general attitude it talks about a specific thing but so even when we talk about Moshe Rabbeinu that was neglectful in this particular thing Rashi adds the word mitzvah, that he was neglectful in the context of the mitzvah what does he mean by that? what does it all mean? what it means is Moshe Rabbeinu the reason that he did not himself lead the war was not for any reasons of being neglectful because he was uh, procrastinating or because he was neglectful he had a calculation there was a reason why he did it this way and the reason is this there is a big difference between this war with Amalek and the war that happened with the Sichon and Oig as an example up, up until the time of Amalek's war Hashem did everything for the Jewish people from Yitzhiya Mitzrayim before the ten Makas everything was super miraculous Hashem brought ten makas, and then Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim itself was a great miracle. And then the splitting of the Yamsuf, and so on. Everything was, the man was given miraculously. The, everything was miraculous. Here, suddenly there was a change. The Yidin said, right before the, the Amalek war started, they said, Hayesh Hashem bekebenu Eloi. Is Hashem really with us or not? So Hashem took offense to that. What do you mean, am I with you? You just went through two years, a year and a half of miracles. What do you mean, a year of miracles? What do you mean, am I with you? I'll show you whether I'm with you. And he allowed Amalek to bite, so to speak, the dog to bite. Rashi gives an example, a marshal, that if a, a father is carrying his son on his shoulders, and they're going through all different situations, and the father is uh, is protecting the son, he's up on his shoulders, he doesn't have to 
uh, walk on the road, he doesn't have to get wet, he doesn't have to, uh, and so on. Then somebody meets them and he says, where's your father? So the son says, I don't know, where's my father? So the father says, I'm right here. So he threw him off his shoulder to show, I'm right here. And uh, therefore he got harmed immediately. That's the muscle of this uh, Amalek story. In other words, Moshe Rabbeinu saw this is not going to be one of those uh, miraculous events. Hashem has turned his face away from the Jewish people for this event. So therefore he said, I have to, and whereas later by by Sichan and Oig, Hashem promised Moshe Rabbeinu, I'm going to give him into your hands, you're going to be, you know, you'll do fine, you're going to do to him what you did to Sichan and so on. He assured him that everything was going to be super miraculous. So there again it was miraculous. But this time Moshe Rabbeinu thought, if we have to do this by the book, in other words, we have to figure out what's the best way to win this war. It's not going to be a, a, a walk in the park. It's not going to be a cakewalk. So he had to choose, he said to, to uh, Yeshua, choose people of stature, anoshim. What's anoshim? People of importance, strong, mighty people, good warriors, st- people that, are not af- that haven't sinned. These are people that we're going to need for this war. This is not going to be an easy one. So Moshe Rabbeinu said, I am no longer in the age of going to war. The age of going to war is 20 to 60. I'm 80. Therefore, I'm not the right person to lead this war. I'm going to have to choose Yeshua, young man, strong people that are strong. We're going to have to conduct this war that way. And not only that way physically, but of course you need Hashem's help. So therefore, davening and fasting and, uh, you know, that kind of thing. So Moshe Rabbeinu said, that's what I'm going to do. I will, of course I'll be part of the war effort. I'm going to go up on the mountain. I will raise my hands in prayer. I will daven for the Yidden. They'll look up and they'll see me. They'll be encouraged that I'm davening to Hashem. It says also that they were fasting at the time. And that's why there was this important difference between this war and Moshe Rabbeinu felt that it wasn't his place to go out to the war at the, this time. Whereas later, when he was much older, but that's a miraculous war. It doesn't matter who does it. Moshe Rabbeinu is the best person to do it in that case. In fact, when Moshe Rabbeinu spoke to Yeshua, he said, choose for us people. Go out to war with Amalek, and I will stand on the thing. In other words, he partnered with Yeshua. It's not like, they did, like he was stepping back from the war. You'll do your part. I'll do my part. So then what was the problem? Why is it considered to be neglectful? So Rashi says he was neglectful of the mitzvah. What does that mean? When Hashem tells you to do something, what are you, calcu- what are you making calculations? Go ahead and do it. Just go forward and do it. You're sitting and thinking, what's the, how am I going to do it? I should do it, not do it. Just go ahead. That's why Hashem considered it to be you neglected the mitzvah. I gave you a command. Why are you neglecting the way, what I told you to do? In fact, there was a, when uh, the Yidden were, were stuck between the, the Egyptians by the Kriyas Yamsuf and the sea was in front of them, the Egyptians behind them. So Moshe Rabbeinu started davening. So Hashem said, what are you davening? Go do something. They're in trouble. Go do something. So therefore, because of this neglecting, this considered by Hashem for Moshe Rabbeinu to be somewhat neglectful, therefore the 
punishment was midik and eged bida, commensurate with what he did, that because he neglected, therefore it became also heavy in the things that he did want to do, he couldn't do properly either, his hands became heavy, his davening, uh, which the hands represented the davening, became heavy. But the truth is, of course, that even Moshe Rabbeinu, it's even difficult to say that he was neglectful even in this way, and the truth is, Hashem, in the Torah, we don't find anywhere that Hashem actually commanded Moshe to go to war. The only command that we find is that Moshe Rabbeinu told Yeshua to go to war. So there was no direct command from Hashem. So what is it that, why, why is he neglectful? Because that should be something that is self-evident to Moshe Rabbeinu. That when the Yidin are in trouble, you have to, of course, that's what the Abish did. Of course, that's what needs to be done right now. It's not the time to think and calculate, it's a time to take action. And therefore, he should have taken action immediately himself, without any calculation. And that's why it was considered, at least for Moshe Rabbeinu, to be Nisatzel. There's also a great lesson from all this for us in today's day and age. Um, everything in the Torah is, of course, a lesson. Especially something that is written into the Torah is something that's considered eternal. And over here, by the Milchemes HaMolech, it's even more, because the Torah says it should be written. Write it as an eternal memory in, in, to inscribe it. In other words, that it, the Torah itself, part of the mitzvah, is that it should be remembered forever. And it's a mitzvah to remember everything that Amalek did. So therefore, this is something that, w- that has to be a lesson to us forever. Even the methods by which they conducted the war is also part of what we have to understand in our waging war against Amalek in the spiritual sense in today's day and age. The fact is that Amalek was only able to attack those Jews, which, uh, as the Pasuk says, Ha-necha the ones that were stragglers. What, what is the meaning of stragglers? Rashi says they were ejected from the protective uh, clouds because of their sins. So they ended up outside the cloud. Those are the ones that Amalek was able to attack. The Jews inside the cloud were never in danger at all. And the whole protection, the whole war that was being waged was on behalf of those Jews that were in danger of Amalek, the ones that were not part of, you know, that had it sinned and that were their, their, their faith in Hashem was weak and so on. What does that teach us? You have, you have people today, generally speaking, let's start again, generally speaking, Jewish people are inside the cloud. Every Yid has a connection to Hashem, every Yid has faith, different people in different ways, on each person on their own level. They're connected to Hashem. But there are such Jews that for whatever reason have taken themselves out of the cloud. They're outside the cloud, they don't have connection to Yiddishkeit at this time so they must be protected from the influences of Amalek the influence of becoming cold to Yiddishkeit the influence of having doubts about Yiddishkeit they have to be protected not to to continue doing sins so could come along a person I am inside the cloud I'm inside the protective um, area of Torah and Mitzvah that's where I am I have to step outside the cloud to protect those people that are outside, have chosen to be outside the cloud. That's what I have to do, especially if it's a person that is a great leader, of, a, a leader, somebody that is dedicated day and night to learning Torah and so on. But could certainly say something like that. 
I'll deal with the people inside my shul. They may be lower than me. I have to lower my standards to teach them basics. But at least they're in the same shul as me and so on. But I have to go out to search for somebody that is so far from Yiddishkeit that I have to go and find him? That I don't want to do. So the, the Rashi's teachers know. Moshe Rabbeinu was instructed that he has to go. It's up to him that he has to go out and find the Jews and protect even those stragglers. In other words, it should have been him. Certainly Yeshua, who was the uh, the person that the way the Torah describes Yeshua is, he never moved out of Moshe Rabbeinu's tent. He was constantly absorbed with the teachings that Moshe was teaching. Even he has to step out of the uh, protective cloud and has to go protect, defend those Jews that are in danger. And all this has to be done without calculation and not to consider, am I wor- uh, are they worthy of my protection? Is it my place to go out or should I stay in and send somebody else out? Nothing should be considered. Every person has to be part of the effort. And when the Jewish people take up the mission of wiping out Amalek, which means wiping out any doubts and weaknesses in Yiddishkeit, then Hashem will also take on uh, an approach to wiping out Amalek, which is without any calculations, which means even if Hashem has decided that it's not the time for Mashiach, no calculations, I'll bring it immediately, and there will be the Geulah Amidah Vashleim Abimeira. We have made no mamish.